So the mid-season break has come and gone. Pies sit in a very favourable, if not totally, not well, certainly a very familiar position to last year. Eight and three, good look at finals. Special Ed's been regaling us with the percentages of how many teams make the finals at this point with eight and three. and It looks like we're a sure thing. But the truth is the undercut is finished and now the prize fighters are coming out. Fremantle this week, first cab off the rank as the real challengers this year for a premiership. And uh, we get our first chance to test ourselves against the best. GC, looking forward to it? Yeah, massively looking forward to it. I mean, a bit... Um... It is, the, it is the test. So, as you say, what's gone before is um, the warm-up. Um, we really don't know how good we are, I think. I think that everyone would be pretty comfortable saying that in a way. But we've got that little bit of hope. But I think it's going to be, a, you know, Fremantle and Frio is a tough ask. Oh, it's a, it's a tough gig. It's a tough trip. Um, I was speaking to a couple of Pi supporters this week who have thought about the idea of, oh, let's just let's rest a few players and take it as a loss. But I think that's... Such a short-sighted way of looking at it. Magpie Girl, I'm sure you're ever confident of our chances. What do you think? Oh, look, I'm realistic about it. Um, it's a tough gig. Um, I am just really um, thrilled with, with where the team's at at the moment. Every week it gets more and more exciting. And um, But, you know, they're still, they're still a young team. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's probably going to be, well, it's a tough call. I mean, you know, there's no way you can not think of it as being a really tough um, challenge. But, gee, you know, Richmond beat them. <laughs> mm, yeah. Anything's possible. Oh, certainly. Look, look I, I, I think this is, these are the teams that we, it's not even a case, I don't think, of winning this week, but it's a case of showing that we're up to a certain standard of football now. That's actually right, mm. and I think that's that's the difference this year, is that everyone just really wants to um, see the the uh, continued effort each week, and you know, um, not giving back, not giving in. Um, yeah. And you know, it's kind of it's enough to satisfy you really, even though you might be disappointed with the loss. Um, if you see the effort, it makes a big difference. I mean, I think I spoke about this. A couple of weeks ago, just before the GWS game, the one thing that I don't think Collingwood has at the moment from the league is is respect. And the unfortunate thing is that you know, and that, that hasn't hasn't made a lot of sense to me. I, I I hope that we come out and show that you know, if we are up to this level, if we can challenge a Fremantle for three quarters or for the whole game and push them to their limits, that we might start getting a bit of that that respect that I think we quite rightly deserve because you know, we have shown a lot of improvement as a team. It's not unreasonable that they are waiting a little bit on us because we're doing the same thing ourselves, I think, as supporters. Um, but I think the respect can come. But I think, you know, it's it's easy. We're in a position where, a bit like last year, we could easily lose whatever respect we've built up if we don't perform in the next month. Yeah. Um, but we will be, if we come through the next month, if we happen to snag a win against either Frio or Hawthorne, I think that's probably unlikely, but it'd be fantastic if we did. And then if we get two two wins out of the next three, you know, I think, and we perform well against Hawthorne and Freer, we'll be seen as much more legitimate. Yeah, absolutely. It really does set up a, 
set the tone for the rest of our season. But let's just focus back on on the first part so far. Um, what are what are a couple of things that really stood out for you, GC, in this first half of the season that you've been really impressed by, whether it be players or game style? What's really stood out to you? I think the first thing I'd say is that Buckley seems to have united the team. I mean, there was a lot of talk last year and the, particularly the year before about the fracture in the group and were they all playing, whereas everyone's you know, swing in the in the one direction. And I think I think they really look like they're all working together. They look like a a young unit and and the older guys like the Swans and that have really bought into the whole new ethos. So I think that's one thing that's really uh really good. And I think probably the stepping up of guys who maybe I didn't see as as real potential footballers that were going to really be best twenty two and I'd be thinking crisp I'd yeah. be thinking Ramsey, who, who, who before he got injured, even looking at guys like Corey Gold or Jesse White and that, and, and Jared Blair, they're all a lot of those peripheral guys are having as good a season as they've had for a while. Mm. So that's uh, that's where I see our improvements coming. I mean, there, there are some harsh critics of Jesse White. You look at him statistically; he's actually having quite a good year by his standards. He's doing the role that he's. He set out to do. I think the, the the really pleasing thing is that we've been able to put really good scores on the board, uh, really changed up our attack, really diversified our spread of goal kickers, and, and even though Travis has had big games, I think he's kicked most of his goals in the last three or three games. You know, so he's had some big bags. Um, that that diversity of goal kicker really really standing out for me is as a key area of improvement. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fantastic. So looking around and just saying, well, Travis, if Travis has a a bad day and we're still over 100 points and we've got, you know, the other blokes chipping in, then that's perfect. And we'll talk about this in more detail when, when Sebo comes on. And I think this this is what I think is changed for us against a team like a freelance or whereby there would have been a concern in the past. I would have had a concern going into this game where, okay, we're going to get shut down in our forward line because we're going to rely too heavily on one or two players to kick that score. Uh, but I think that the diversity in the midfield now, you know, the, the goals, the, the, fact that, the fact that we're getting a lot of goals coming out of our midfield group, out of you know, Blair is kicking goals, um, even though he's playing more as a forward, but Crisp, Pendlebury, get, you know, he's getting on the board a fair bit more. This is huge for us. Yeah, and Swan as well. Um, this is huge for us as a team. This is what we were doing back in 2010. Um, when we uh, when we came out and, and took the comp by storm, yeah, yeah, I think that's. I think if, if we can get that continued, you know, group of guys and even your seedsmen and these sort of blokes chipping in at times, um, we really need that. That you know, we've got um, Travis um, and um, Jesse White, who are going to probably be our two main guys, along with um, um, Elliot. Uh, yeah, Jamie Elliott. But after that, if you've got three or four others that are at score 20 or thereabouts, it's a great spread. Absolutely right. What are some of the things that you've really liked about the season so far, mate, Pogba? Um, well, I have to agree with GC on the. I think it's been um, fantastic to see the, the cohesion of the group, the... I mean, I just see them enjoying their football. I, I um, you know, I go, I go back to that picture of Buckley and his boys a couple, from a couple of weeks ago. Mm. I, to me, that epitomised where this, where the season is at. In, yeah. they're all on the same page. They're all enjoying their football, and um, 
and they're paying for each other. And, um, you know, they're, they're just all, they're all going in the right direction or in the same direction. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Look, there's a big sense of there being a united front now at Collingwood. And no matter what sort of media speculation gets drummed up, I think that within ourselves and within ourselves as a club, within, within that group, I think everyone's fairly confident in the direction that the club is heading now. Um, and, and those brave calls that, that the club made a couple of years ago to, to get rid of a few older players is, is I think, is starting to really, really bear fruit and really pay off. GC, what are a couple of things you expect from us in this back half of the season? What are things, what are some players that you expect perhaps to really shine and uh, really solidify their place in our team and, and in, the, in the competition? Jeez, um, I'm, I'm expecting a lot of them to do a lot of things, I think. But I, I look, I, two blokes that I've really been pleased with who've been out a lot with injury but have got that seniority and that leadership in the background back line uh, Nathan Brown and uh, Alan Tuvey I think they're both in the last month or so really stepped up back towards you know some of their pre-injury best form and I think we've forgotten a bit before that how good they can be and I think we're such a young group around them they're the two leaders back there and if they can I think they can gel that whole thing of you know, Marley Williams, Langdon, all these blokes, Jack Frost, gelling around them and they'll be the leaders and they'll have a really tight, tight group. So that's um, that's one group that I'd like to see. And I think I'm really interested to see what Ben Reid does when he comes back in that how do we mix him in? Because I'm, I'd really love to see Jesse White, Travis and Ben Reid run around on the same forward line mm. and see what they can do. My only problem with that is what do we do with the two Ruckman then? Yeah, it does become a bit of a concern. And, and because because we, we've spoken about this at length before, to get the most out of both of these guys, we need to play them both consistently. We need to play them in the same team to see how the team works with them, to see how the structure works. So you do go in a bit tall. Um, and you're not about to drop someone like Jesse White, who does provide you with a fair bit of versatility. Um, I, think, I think short term... Uh, when Ben Reid does come back, it will be across the halfback, halfback line, who will get swung forward occasionally. Um, because really, I, I, we can't, I can't fault the two fullback, the two fullbacks at the moment. Frost and especially Nathan Brown is in absolutely fine form. Mm. So, so it, it's it, it becomes a challenge. Levi Greenwood came in um, last week after, uh, into the VFL and really tore it up. Um, my first game of the season there, and it was so good to see his influence on the game from halftime onwards. Um, he really stood out. And this is a guy that you, know, you had the names, you know, Greenwood and Reed into this into this Collingwood side. Um, it actually becomes quite imposing to look at, but a very difficult type team to get into at the moment. Yeah, and then there's Grundy and Blair too. I mean, as of this week, you've got you've got a whole lot of senior experience you're trying to push back in. Uh, and then you're not even talking yet about your Scharenbergs and Ben Kennedys and who are all knocking at the door also. Mm. Um, so, yeah, even even the idea of where, you know, that thought of where do we play Ben Reid, if we fit him in forward or back, how do we structure that up? How do we change what's been sort of working pretty well and who's going to be the unlucky ones to miss out? I mean, it's a great position to be in and uh, there must be a lot of, you know, enthusiasm at training at the moment for blokes wanting to keep putting their hand up because that's what a lot of them are having to do. 
It must it must be an interesting position for Buckley as coach because you, you, okay every coach wants to be eight and three and have this great winning record in the top four and looking at it the next four weeks tell a lot I think for him because I, I think that the quote was you know in 2012 we we didn't feel like we were up to the standard of Sydney and Hawthorne and thus we had to rebuild and obviously we're not you know we've done all that now but if we get to the point where we run into brick walls in Frio Hawthorne can't get over the line against those two, against Port, Sydney. You know, if we lose to that, and I still refer to Port as being part of that big four, and we've got West Coast mixed in with there too. Mm. Yeah, is there a point there where there might be there might be some tough decisions that the coach has to make where he turns around and says, you know, and what, what sort of 22 am I picking now? Who are, the, who are the players that need to come into this side to make us a better team for the future? So whilst right now I think it's, a, it's, it's, such, a, it's such a very very positive thing and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the challenge, um, there could be there could be a few question marks on the horizon, both good and bad. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I, that's what I was sort of alluding to before that that respect and that position could disappear if we perform badly in the next month. It will be a very different way we'll be looking at the team, and we will be questioning a lot of players who we're now looking at with a great deal of promise. So that they're all there's a whole group of them there that are actually just saying, well, I've made a really good start to this season, but the job's only partly done and if I want to be part of this I've got to now take the next step up again it's you know which is exciting but we just I hope they don't take any backward steps well we are actually um we'd have to be one of the few teams who has got this tremendous depth suddenly to be calling on which is a really enviable position I would think yeah absolutely I mean, the same it's to some degree untested because some of them might you know, they've got a, even a Ramsey or something looks good in the three or four games. Now, is he going to translate that when he comes back? So it's going to be it's going to be fierce competition for spots. Mm. Same with the promise that Sinclair showed before injuring himself. Yeah. Same with a guy like Freeman who will have something to prove. Scharenberg. You know, it it it, it does become um it, it becomes very interesting. Um, but uh, you're right, you're right. Look, as I said, that respect that we think we might have uh, may disappear in the next few weeks and. I guess it's time to bring in the uh, the opposition, so he can tell us all about his uh, his team's current success. But ju- just on that though, you'd mm. have to think it's the better problem to have, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, absolutely. Thousands of players that you yeah. got oh, to. Uh, it's a fabulous problem. Compare yeah. that to last year. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and I think I think the really pleasing thing is you look at the the profile of our list and how young we actually are. One player over thirty. You know, we are arguably. Yeah, the best, if not the second best, you know, young quote unquote team in the competition, and this is, you know, it's such a great, it's such a great thing to have, you know, such little experience, but to be performing at such a high level, um, and it, it only bodes well for the future. And remember, we haven't even mentioned the big show yet. Mm, absolutely, we've gone, we've gone the whole podcast without talking about Mr. Rabbit himself, um, who, he, you know, what if you really want to make a first impression on me, that was a that was a great day. To, uh, to to go down to the VFL and watch that that was um, quite remarkable. Oh, it was exciting. <laughs> yeah. How was the um, breakfast, GC? Oh, the breakfast was great. Yeah, it was interesting. Interesting uh, sitting there and uh, uh, Swanee. It was funny listening to Swanee more because he, he just he was exactly who you thought he would be, <laughs> you know, in person. Did you see that um, that sort of bond and camaraderie? Um, that you'd expect amongst all the players, you know, off the field in that kind of situation? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I guess you'd see what you'd expect at a footy club. You could see them all, you know, there's two to a table and they're all, um, you know, 
obviously looking at each other and winking at each other every now and again because you know it's a it's a job for them so they're a whole lot of blokes doing a little bit of a job and having a bit of a laugh and particularly when Tyson Goldsack and um, Broomhead they were sitting on a table and none of their sponsors turned up so I could see Cloak and a few others giving it to them, you know, while they were, you know, saying, you know, <laughs> what are you blokes, you know? See that side of things. Yeah. Uh, I would have come down and supported Broomhead. I was just a phone call away. I'll, I'll let the club know, put me on a standby list for it <laughs> as, a, as a seat filler for the next event. Yeah, well, you'd wanted in there, you could have. I'm sure I don't think they weren't, they weren't taking name badges. So. <laughs> Food for thought for next year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, will we get Seppo in? Let's get Seppo in. Let's uh, let's hear what he has to say for himself and uh, see if he can uh, talk up Frio's premiership chances more than everyone else already is. So, yeah, so come on in, Seppo. Frio royalty in 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 big in book big footy terms. How are you doing tonight, mate? I am very good and uh, looking forward to this challenge on uh, Thursday night between the two sides. It's interesting that you perceive it as a challenge as well. Every other Frio supporter I speak to thinks there's going to be a, a lay-down misere against a, a, a plucky Collingwood side, but um, it should it should be an interesting game. Yeah, it should be, and it's one that I probably looked at the start of the year thinking it's not going to be easy, and it, nothing's changed between what my side's done and what your side's done over the last couple of weeks to change my mind from that. So it's, uh, yeah, you, you can't just look on last time we played, which was, what, round one last year, because a lot of between the two sides has changed since then. So it's uh, going to be interesting, especially with the um, two sides coming in after the bye, after a, a both well-deserved rest and um, hopefully just, you know, launch into the second part of the season. Haven't we played since the first round of last year? Yeah, yeah. it's been a long yeah. time. Oh. It's been a little while. So just a bit of a reflective analysis on uh, on Freo a bit because I, I do like watching a bit of the opposition. And, and I must say, is not one of the teams I, I particularly enjoy watching because it's a brand of football that... Um, that can be frustrating, I guess, to watch. But this year has been slightly different. There has been a bit more edge to the Frio side. Now, I've always thought that a Ross Lyon team can't win a premiership, but this one seems to have evolved to take on uh, a bit more of a dynamic edge. Uh, how have you seen it as a supporter? Well, what you've sort of said there, that Ross Lyon's hard to watch. I think some people would probably agree to that back in 2012 and 13, but probably the last year and definitely this year um, we've seen probably a change and for the first seven or eight rounds of the year we were probably playing some of the most exciting footy if everyone's actually open there was and watched a Frio game um, one of the big differences is us not actually playing Crowley anymore with his um, provisional suspension running right the way through and we've got a different midfield set up with Sandlands feeding down to Fife, Neil, Mundy and Hill occasionally through there so it's a, a different midfield set up and some of the players have um, stepped up a notch and we're playing a more of an attacking footy with a couple of different structures, different players out there. Mm. Um, but we're certainly playing, I think, for the first eight or I think can't remember how many uh, games of this season. We're averaging about 97 points for um, yep. with the, the last three games. We've dropped right back and only averaging about 57, but three of that's probably due to the... Uh, the rain, I think, against Adelaide. I was over there for that game. We played in the wet, and it was a hard slog, low-scoring game. Against Richmond, it was very greasy, and the guys struggled to kick straight, yet somehow Richmond did. And then even our game up at the Gold Coast, I'm not sure if you tuned in for that one, but that was um, not a downpour, but once again, very greasy footy. And I think we kicked 
Um, shockingly, that game, six goals, 17. So we had double yep. scoring shots for them. Um, but, yeah, just really struggled. So the last couple of weeks has brought our scoring right the way down there. But if you look at the start of the year, we're definitely a different side and playing more of an attacking brand. Yeah, I mean, if you take it from a basic points perspective, um, I think Freo are ranked outside the eight for points scored. But you're, you're right. It, it all depends on the opposition, depends on the day. And, and you can certainly notice that there's been a, been a change in Freo from that team that made the grand final only a couple of years ago. What was it, though, about the game against Richmond, aside from the slightly inclement conditions? What is it that, what is it that they did? What did they, how did they pick you know, this you know, almost impenetrable Frio team apart? It was it was almost a, a combination of good luck because I've never seen... I've watched a lot um, of games this year other than Frio games. I don't think I've seen a side have that much luck and kickers straight and even their bad kicks. And I think the commentators even mentioned it, that were shocking kicks going through goal. They just got the jump on us. And to kick eight goals, uh, one, I think, in that first quarter was almost uh, a reflection of what Port Adelaide did to Richmond in that final last year. It was almost a start like that. And the fact that we clawed the match back to... I think we're getting close to about 17 or 18 points down right towards the last before we missed a couple of shots on goal. But we certainly gave them the head start. And the footy they played in that first quarter was just something that I've never seen a side do against us for a long, long time. So it was almost Richmond just playing out of the out of their skins, really. And I think Richmond have a habit of doing that every year. They seem to play well against the sides that go on and win the flag or something like that. I think they've done it to Hawthorne and Sydney over the last couple of years. So... I don't know what it was. Um, it was certainly probably sides. Um, someone's probably picked up on our board that, you know, sides are starting to work out Sandlands now that they're conceding the tap and putting their players around the ball to tackle where he's going to tap to because they just conceded defeat. No, Not many Ruckman are actually winning the tap outs against him. And mm. um, I suppose Goldstein's almost in the same um, boat that they're letting him win the hit outs and just trying to tackle whoever's going to get the ball next. So that's one thing we've noticed. So on now. For our board, we've been discussing, you know, what we can probably do to mix it up a bit because some people reckon they've worked out Sandlands now and, and that's just to let him win the tap and tackle where it's going. I think it's always so hard to, when you have a player of that calibre, that size, who can influence the game, you know, as much as he can on his day. Um, I don't think there's ever really a way to, you can work around it and you just have to try and, deal with that situation as best you can. And I guess he gets probably a little bit of a reprieve this week in terms of a one-on-one ruck duel. Not that I think that the combination of Grundy and Wits would have um, deterred him all that much, but with Grundy out, could pose some challenges for us. GC, how do you see us pies combating the monster that is Sandilands? Oh, I think um, Seppo might have our tactics right that... <clears throat> Uh, as good as young Witsy is going, and he's a big man himself, he's he's going to <clears throat> struggle against uh, Sandlands, and I think they'll they'll work on that basis that Sandlands will be winning the taps, and uh, we will counter that as best we can. And then I think it almost the bigger problem because you almost concede that the the next problem is to say, well, Frigo's midfield is is a real such a strong one at the moment, and I think you know with with Crowley being out and really Lockie Neal probably taking his place has been a real advantage from an attacking point of view I think we've got it really you know our uh, maybe a crisp and that is going to be really important to see who that who they can lock down there because you know Barlow is the other one that you didn't even mention I think when you've got Barlow, Fife, Neil, um, 
a Monday running through there. It's an it's an awe-inspiring midfield. It's interesting you actually mentioned Barlow because he's one that's actually not been playing on the ball this year. I think he's only attended a couple, I think about one or two centre bounces a game. So it's one sort of difference we've had this year with actually getting him out of there and playing him half forward and even you know running in from the wing on the outside, which is something I probably didn't foresee at the start of this year, but I'm not sure if it's one thing that's helped us. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a certainly a different mix of not having Barlow in there because the last few years he's been one of our great ball winners and suppose has the ability like you'd have Pendlebury to dish off a good handball even when he's got people holding on to him, but he's just not being used in that same way. So maybe he's they're wanting something different from our ball, midfield. He's he's getting time on the ball and around there, but it's never really starting in the centre square. Mm-hmm. I think the interesting thing when I watch Freo is we, you know, the, the defence is much vaunted and I think that it all begins, all that the defence starts with midfield pressure. You know, you've only conceded... 701 points for the year across 11 games, which is just remarkable. But it's that midfield pressure and that midfield intensity that's really been ingrained. And that effort's something that I think Collingwood this year has, has prided itself on. So it is going to be a bit of uh, irresistible force against the immovable object with any luck, uh, having that sort of being able to compete with for, for that amount of time uh, this Thursday. GC, um, changes for the. For the for our, our mob this week, are we going to see a couple of inclusions or remain uh, as we are? I think. Uh, look, I would. I think it's. I wouldn't like to be on the match committee this week because I think there are people we want to come in, but there's not that many obvious outs. <clears throat> I think Seedsman should go out because I think he just hasn't been good enough lately, and because I think I think we need Blair in. Um, Grundy, it doesn't seem like he'll be fit, so we don't have to worry about him bringing him in. Reed and Green would be would be the other two. I I, I watched Reed in the um, in the VFL last week, and I, he's he's for mine he's definitely ready, mm. but I suspect they won't won't bring him to Perth. They'll give him another week. Greenwood, uh, I think, is just not. I I think he hasn't had enough, and especially to run him around on the big ground in Perth. I think uh, I think really Blair for season, and I don't think I'd do anything more than that. What about yourself, Seppo? Do you see? Do you see any changes for your mob? Yeah, well, we've got a couple of guys that played good games in the waffle. Um, there was three guys I think dropped from our side last week, but we've had Zach Clark, our second ruckman, um, got dropped for form probably, and um, had a very good waffle game. So we had Hanneth out there, a second and third year player that gave Sandlands a chop out. So I'm not sure if they'd probably leave him in there for some forward structure or a rest in the ruck. Sure. bring Clark back, so that could be potentially one change. And we had Maine out of the side as well. And we've also got DeBoer, who's on the outer, and we've only just had Mzungu, who's only played one or two games this year, play against the Gold Coast. So we've got a couple of players that are around the mark that could potentially change. Um, the interesting thing from your point of view is, would you have wits only, or would you have a second taller you'd be having in there, or you run white or someone to give them a chop out? I think, I think we'd be running white because there's... I, I don't think the only other bloke really would be Galt. Cox, the American, wouldn't be ready. So, and Galt, I don't think, is the answer. I thought, uh, Jesse, Jesse White has to run as the uh, backup ruckman, I think. Mm. So it, it's gonna, it will be a challenge in those moments that the Wits obviously isn't playing ruck because, I, I mean, whilst I think White is a, is a you know, pretty favourable athlete, um, you, you might get the upper hand on us in the rough contest when, uh, when he's when he's roving around the ground. 
The good thing is he's coming off a really confident game, so hopefully he can maintain some of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I think when, he's, when he's rucking, though, we will definitely be roving to uh, <laughs> the opposition. <laughs> is, the, um, is the weather uh, going to be a factor and is the forecast for fine? Well, I've been hoping for fine weather because we've played, like I said, in three terrible games that's really affected our skills. But I've just had a look at the forecast before and it's going Going to be sunny and 19 degrees, and it's been sunny the last few days in Perth now. So it's um, it's at least hopefully going to be good good weather, and um, we're out of the um the slog of the wet weather we've had the last couple of weeks. Just our luck, huh? Sepo, yeah. <laughs> any final thoughts on the game? I mean, what what are you what are you looking forward to for not only this Thursday but for the rest of the season from Freer? Because this is uh, it's it feels like your club's. Yeah, has a good opportunity this year to to, to really go somewhere and uh, and do something special. Yeah, well, it's it's one game that I really hope that would um, sort of define us to get us off to a good second hard start of the year because after this we've got another home game against Brisbane and then we take off to Tassie to play the Hawks. So um, this game and the Hawks game are probably two of our biggest challenges for the rest of the year. Um, after that, it really opens ourselves up to firm up as a top two spot, which all three fans want and. Um, that's what we'll be hoping for. Um, but this game is looking really good because I think where you guys have got some strength with your attacks, our defence has taken a bit of a hit and we've had um, Michael Johnson come out with an injury recently. We've had to introduce some young talent down the back in Alex Pierce, you know, first year or second year player. And um, there's, there's a couple of weaknesses that I can see Collingwood exposing, um, especially when you've got good players that, you know, I like to watch like uh, Jamie Elliott and um, even Oxley down the back. He's one I've got my super coach side and I've been uh, focusing on a couple of those players this year as well as Taylor <laughs> Adams, some of my favourites. So it looks like you've got a good couple of uh, young talent guys that have um, working their way through the side then. So it's a good challenge for us to test ourselves against someone that's, you know, we, you've been knocking away the wins as well. So it's going to be quite interesting how the uh, this game shapes up this Thursday night. What about yourself, GC? What do you uh, what do you expect from our boys? We've talked we talked a bit about the fight and the effort, but what else we what else are we looking out for? I, I think I think I want I th we need to be competitive in this game. We need we can't afford to do what we did last time we played Frio, and uh, we you know it's really important for us because we have started the season well. We're now coming to consolidation, and this is a really big test. So. If Frio come out fire, all guns firing, I, I, look, I don't think we can beat them at their best, not, not especially not in the West. But so I've got Frio firm favourites. I want us to be competitive and to put in a really strong effort. And if Frio happen to be off on the day, then and we really turn it on, we've got the ability to cause a bit of an upset, but that's what it would be. It's so great that we can... At this point, because as the pessimist I am, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have even considered this conversation palatable at the start of the year that we'd be a team that would go over to Perth and you know really, really prove something. And maybe that was my pessimism, but it's it's so pleasing for me as a supporter to be able to, you know, to, to really be impressed by how far we've come in you know, what is quite a very short period of time. Absolutely, it's been exciting. Two two teams are full of supporters who are pretty excited. I would have thought. Absolutely, absolutely. Sebo, um, I think I'll call it a night there because we are running a bit long tonight. But I want to really thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate it. And I, I, I can honestly and openly say that if if the Pies can't win a flag this year, I'd like for it to be Frio. 
Even though oh. I don't like I don't like Ross Lyon, but I would like for it to be Frio. We do hear that a lot from opposition supporters. I think they're sick of uh, some of the other clubs that are right up there. So uh, thanks for the kind words. And if you watch Ross Lyon enough, you'll learn to like it. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, yeah, well, best of luck for Thursday. But hopefully, um, hopefully it goes our way. No worries. My pleasure. And I may the best team win. Thanks, Absol- Seppo. Yeah, good uh, luck, Seppo. Absolutely. And we plan on it. So, uh, <laughs> GC, thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate yeah. your input, as always. Thank you. And uh, is Zippo still there? Yep. Now, are you a Perth man? No, I'm actually, well, originally from Perth. I'm in Melbourne for the past seven years. Oh, I was just going to ask if you had any uh, local inside knowledge on Brendan Abbott as a you know junior, but uh, you'd need no, to. I haven't heard Perth. that name before, so. Oh. Oh, it, won't be, it won't be too You'll long. hear it in the future. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, big, the big show is coming. <laughs> Uh, and Magpie Girl, thank you very much for coming on again and and, uh, and being a part of our team, as always. Thank you, Marty T. And Laurie, um, I still plan on getting you on at some point for a featured role, but uh, thank you for all your efforts. Um, everyone, please uh, stay in. For, we've got, uh, we've got uh, TD's uh, rant today as well. I do, yep. Excellent. So please hold on for that, guys. Um, and uh, with any luck, we'll get a win on Thursday. But yeah. for now, this is the Mighty T. Signing out. Well, for my real twelve rant, I'm going to talk about the first half of the season. We're eight and three, which is very good. A lot better than a lot of people thought. A lot of people have said we'd be lucky to win a few games. We'd be a bottom four side, or at best, um, same as we were last year. But we're eight and three. We could easily be nine and two if we beat Richmond, and. We know how the um, scumpies treated us in that game. We got we got screwed in that game, I had to say. And I we should have won, but umpires didn't have a factor in it. But I said, we've been good. We've beat, you know, people have said we've beaten a lot of the bottom sides. Well, of course we've beat the bottom sides. We should be beating the bottom sides. And we have been beaten, and we have been just flogging them. We've flogged Gold Coast, Carlton, St. Kilda, and we've... We've lost to a couple of teams in the midterm. Geelong, well, if it wasn't for our first quarter, we would have won that game. Richmond, same thing. Second quarter, went to sleep. And we and Adelaide, well, we were just starting the season off and, and we played <laughs> at Docklands, that whole neck ground. So we just well, didn't play a great ground. We beat GWS, but of course people say, well, GWS got injured. Well, tut, tut. We did that against Brisbane last year. Everyone went down and we went with we bad after that. So, same thing as us. So, tough titties. But we have some really tough games coming up. We're going to play Fremantle over there on Thursday, which is... I'm not sure if we're going to win the game, but I guess we'll give it a crack. Hawthorne. Well, we just have struggled against Hawthorne for years. Just, just be one of the teams that we just can't beat. And then we play Port over there. Well, how Port going? We should beat Port over there. God, they come and beat Carlton, for God's sakes. Now play West Coast at Docklands, 50-50. And the Bulldogs, I'm not sure about that game, because the Bulldogs do play Edgehead well, and we play Edgehead well. So hopefully we have a good second half of the year and make the finals and maybe even push for the top four spot. And as it can happen from there, bye. <laughs>